Hey everyone, this is Sharice Lee, host of Life As He Reveals. Season one is about to wrap, but before it does, we'll be releasing highlights of each episode for further reflection and to also recap the season. I'll be hosting a bonus upcoming Q&A podcast and would love to get your questions on any of our episodes or a question you have for me about this podcast. Send your questions to Sharice at lifeasereveals.com. That's S-H-E-R-I-S-E at lifeasereveals.com. And now, here are highlights from Episode 5, Changing. I think that maybe I was just in shock and not realizing how much was happening. But then when I experienced the miscarriage and I was like forced to be on bed rest and then dealing with um, my aunt's passing and just the stress and just of everything, whether it was my dad, my work stress, my friend on ICO life support and just everything and just um, it wasn't until I was literally on bed rest where I think God finally got my attention um, not to say that he forced that to happen so that he could get my attention but he allowed it to happen I do for a reason and um, that was a hard time where I genuinely was angry at God for for all the things that he was allowing um, to happen. And I think sometimes as Christians, we over-spiritualize mental health issues and we say like, oh, well, maybe you're just not praying enough or you're not reading your Bible enough or, Mm. you know, and I don't think that that is the only thing that can bring healing and um, change to somebody. And, um, sometimes I think we do need professional help mm. um, and a safe space to be able to um, process um, and just talk through whatever the challenge or problem or whatever is going on, whether it's in, in it mental health issues, could be depression, anxiety, um, and these things could even um, warrant like medication as well. And um, yeah, and and I think that yeah there there's so many aspects to um, I guess when you need to you, per, the person realizes like they need help the means to change is possible through the finished work of Christ and by walking in the spirit but what does this look like to actually apply change to our lives First, let's consider Sarah's statement that she was grateful to have the desire to change in the midst of a very difficult year for her. Sometimes even as Christians, we may not even want to change. We're comfortable where we are, or maybe we've tried and failed and have given in to the idea that change is just not possible. Kelly advised us in the face of change to reframe the situation by looking at what we can control and understanding our human agency. I would say that if desire is not there to change, we need to go back to what the gospel promises us and remember that we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And because of this, we're a new creation. We can't possibly be the same. 
As we said before, we're flawed but ultimately loved. And this is truth that we need to preach to ourselves daily at times as we deal with sin and our flesh. Romans chapters 6 to 8 are such pivotal truths as to what our salvation has accomplished for us and that we can live as changed people because of Christ. The key verse there being Romans 8, 1. It's a clear antidote to our problem. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm convinced that if we truly understood the impact of this one verse, many of our various trappings would be resolved. Condemnation has the idea of judgment, liability, and debt. If we rely solely on our flesh, we're quickly self-focused. So if we let the truth of our new status sink in, that desire to change results from the freedom we have to truly be who we are because of Christ. Second, both Sarah and Kelly highlighted the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The Holy Spirit is the closest member of the Godhead to us, but yet we often find him so mysterious. Amongst his many roles, it's the Spirit's job to magnify the work of Christ in our life. However, we still need to yield to the work of the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit is not automatic, and the Spirit is not something that's tangible that we can just pick up and pull out from our back pocket. We have to submit to the Spirit's work to remind us of just how great our salvation is. And as we do, we'll let go of our own self-salvation projects and what Sarah described as the Holy Spirit doing surgery on our hearts. The self-care that Kelly mentioned is also important here too. In yielding to the Spirit, there's a type of humility and vulnerability needed. And when the Spirit uncovers that we're not as well as we think we are, we need to do things like Kelly said, to grieve. One of the most helpful ideas on change that a friend shared with me is that with every change comes loss. And we need to mourn that loss before we can really move on towards greater inner change as produced by the Spirit. Third, as I have spent time with both Sarah and Kelly in the local church, it's important that change be attempted in community. Like Sarah shared, when there's good community, there's a forum for deep connections with people and the potential for powerful change-inducing relationships. As we're in community, we also need to take out anything that might be hindering our openness for change to happen. Members in community need to respond with thoughtful care and prayer. Spiritual truth must be declared and accountability maintained without over-spiritualizing things as we discussed with Kelly. Sometimes God is functionally sidelined as we rely too much on other individuals and discernment needs to be made if helping an individual to change is beyond the capacity of the community and needs professional counseling. Finally, I want to share one helpful exercise that really helped me reform one of my tendencies towards negative thinking, which often spirals into a form of anxiety. It's one thing to be mindful of what we're minding, similar to the method Kelly shared of cognitive behavioral therapy. I think we also need to remember that true change must address the heart and must also be rooted in the truth of scripture. So in looking at a particularly unhealthy behavior, like my negative thoughts, you could spend some time documenting those triggers to those thoughts 
and reflect on what happened as a result of those triggers and looking at the emotions and the behaviors that resulted. Then, as I did, you can think about biblical truths that can address that situation. And then finally, what a healthy response instead would be like. Another way to look at this is understanding our core beliefs, what we believe about ourselves as manifested in our outward actions. If this is hard to determine, I think we can then really consider what our fears are and understand our fears as a form of an idol because we're placing more importance in that fear than the truth of God. This is how I've discovered that my fear of not being acceptable to others is actually revealing a core belief that I'm just not acceptable to God, which is completely false and untrue, given that all we know of scripture and our salvation that has been secured by Jesus Christ. In all of these different applications to move towards change, we also can't forget the discipline of faithful prayer and time in God's word. Prayer expresses our need as we ask for help to change, and God's word through the conviction of the Holy Spirit helps us with greater faithfulness to live out our holy calling as God's children. Thanks for listening to the Life as He Reveals podcast. For more episodes, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find me on my website, lifeisthereveals.com. Remember to also email me your questions on this episode or any of our episodes from season one to Sharice at lifeisthereveals.com. That's S-H-E-R-I-S-E at lifeisthereveals.com.